What's up, everyone? This is a highly anticipated episode, I must say. This is a kind of... We have to put our serious hats on, Esther. I don't think... This isn't fun and games. This is about (laughs) to get medical. All right. I am so excited to introduce our amazing guest today. Her name is Dr. Ava Kosraviani. Hello, hello. Dr. Ava, you're an amazing dermatologist. Thank you. We are so happy to have you on. (laughs) I know. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And I promise we're not going to treat this like it's a doctor's appointment. (laughs) I don't. But if you will look at my... (laughs) But but we do have some... I have a fungus, I think, on my lower back. No, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here, too. So, I don't know if you know, but this is a wellness, a beauty, a skincare podcast. We are just... So we are in love with all aspects of we really love self care and skin care is skincare a huge is a part of this podcast. It's kind of why it started. It right? really is. We're yeah. so passionate about skincare. Esther and I. I feel like I try. I know this probably isn't what you want to hear, but mm-hmm. I feel like I try so many kinds of skincare. I try to do like the Korean ten step. I try to do you know something more simple some weeks, but I'm all over the place. Well, I think a lot of people are like you. A lot of you know. Um, girls like to try products and over-the-counter stuff, you know, fancy stuff, and people have a lot of questions. And you're here to set us straight Yeah. today. Let's do it. No more nonsense. That's right. No more funny <laughs> business. We are going to get this down to brass stuff. tacks. But also, we have to say before we get started, Dr. Ava, you're Persian. That's ow, right. Ow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Salam, Jitori. Merci, Khuba. Oh, my God. Tuchasori. Oh. You lost it. I lost it there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, exposed. I don't speak any Farsi. We know. All right, so Dr. Ava, we, I think we should just jump in. Yeah. We asked, we have a Facebook group, and we told the Facebook group that we're having an amazing female dermatologist on and to submit their questions, and it was an astounding response. Great. People out there, you guys, people have a lot of questions. So should we just jump right into it? Yeah. Let's and, jump. You know, sometimes it is hard because when you see your dermatologist, like, I do feel like I have 30 questions. And yes. I'm like, it's kind of hard to get them all in. So I'm glad we have, a like, a moment to really... I've got a list of, I'm not even kidding you. I actually don't want to say because I might be a little overwhelming. Let's see. <laughs> God, keep it to yourself. I'll keep that to myself. But I always, like, never know the right questions to ask my dermatologist. And something, it's almost like you have to keep a note on your phone throughout the year. Yeah. Of, like, all the little questions you have because when it's the night before your appointment, I know, you're, like, you're like, what questions am I going to ask I know, tomorrow? I'm like, There's, I have no problems. Everything's fine. I know. But, I go in and I'm like, I, everything's good. Yeah. I'm good. And then I'm just, stage I lose fright. it ways. I get it's such. It's dermatology stage fright. Doctor stage fright in general. Yeah. Even for our general doctors, we should be keeping an ongoing list That of is questions. such a big goal of 2018. You're That's right. a big one for me. All right. So I think we should start off with a question that is on everyone's mind. People are talking about it. Hormonal acne. What is hormonal acne? Why do we get it? What is hormonal acne? So hormonal acne is... Um, a type of acne that's usually um, one way where 
at least as a physician, I know that you have hormonal acne is that it doesn't respond. It doesn't respond to traditional therapies, meaning mm-hmm. traditional creams, antibiotics. And usually the distribution of the acne too, oftentimes it's along the jawline, on the neck, it has a very particular type of look. Um, hormonal acne isn't something that you can treat with just over-the-counter stuff. Hmm. Um, there's a specific medicine actually for it that your doctor can give you. Mm, what medicine do you guys prescribe at the doctor's so office? So oftentimes we give a medicine called spironolactone, oh, which is actually a blood pressure medicine. This is So let's talk about spironolactone. So I have taken spironolactone for years. I really love it. And I really preach it. But now that we have a doctor here... Yeah, maybe you could tell us about spironolactone. Are there any side effects that could be negative? Uh, well, it's a diuretic. It's a diuretic. Um, it's a potassium-sparing diuretic, so it keeps more potassium in your body. So I always joke with my parent, uh, with my patients, you know, eat one banana a day, not five or six. Mm. So you don't want to overdo it with potassium, I suppose. But... Again, I've never seen this, but breast tenderness can be a side effect of oh, spironolactone, like nipple tenderness, breast tenderness. Um, but overall, very safe. And the dosage that we use for acne patients is very low. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same dosage that um, uh, people with high blood pressure get. So it's very low dose. And I usually start very low and see how the response is, and then I increase the dose. Has this been a treatment that's been around for a long time? Yeah, it's been around for a while. It's a yeah. tried and true. Yeah. Uh, it used to be used just for high blood pressure, and then we kind of figured out it works for um, hormonal acne. So it's been around for a long time. Why, does, when you take some birth controls or some antibiotics, do you have, like, really good skin for mm. a week? Or, like, right at the week after? Have you, is that like a true Well, phenomenon? antibiotics are used for acne all the time. They are? Yeah. I mean, before I got married, I put myself on antibiotics for a week because I don't want to take any chances. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah. They, special uh, they antibiotics clear. for acne. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're yeah, special. Yeah. I get a lot of patients who, you know, saw their pediatrician or, again, another type of doctor, and they were given... It, there's very few antibiotics that we use for acne, but sometimes patients are on certain antibiotics that aren't really designed for acne. Yeah, I guess that's like an emergency use only, right? Like a wedding situation. No, 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 You no, can no, be no. on them if like you for have, long periods of time. Um, oh. If you have a good amount of acne, again, uh, uh, what we call nodulous cystic acne, um, we, p- we put patients on antibiotics all the time. Wow. And you can be on them for months. Uh, well, their newer recommendations really say three to six. So if someone's not responding by, let's say, month three, you got to reevaluate and see what's going on. Is it hormonal acne? Is that why not? Why they're not responding? Or um, are they more of an, uh, uh, do they need Accutane? You know, I've, you can't keep patients on this stuff. A lot of doctors do it. I don't. I don't keep patients on um, antibiotics for longer than six months. I try to actually um, stop the antibiotics before that, way uh, before that. Right. I've been through the ringer. I've had really bad skin my whole life. I've been on multiple rounds of Accutane. I've tried antibiotics. I feel like there was a years of my life where it was like every time I went to the dermatologist, mm-hmm. I would get a new yeah. thing. But spironolactone really helped me a yeah. lot. And I... And it sounds it like you should have just gotten that to begin with. Probably. I think it probably went by, you know... Um, it went by unnoticed that you had 
hormonal acne. Mm. So when you have a patient come in and let's say they have hormonal acne, do you ever recommend any diet or lifestyle changes to help with acne? I know we hear sometimes that cutting out dairy and sugar can help, but do you ever recommend... Right, so they've done so many studies on diet and acne. The only thing that comes up every time is skim milk, believe it or not. Skim milk. Skim milk. So don't drink skim. Drink regular, whole, but But not skim. And then as far as sugar, I mean, I so many patients say, oh, I've had too much chocolate, this and that. A chocolate bar here and there is not going to give you acne. Right. It, unless your diet is just sugar. We're talking like five chocolate bars which a day. Which we're trying. Constantly sugar. Which hopefully if you're listening to this podcast. You're not. You're eating yeah. vegetables. Exactly. You're mixing it up. You have yeah. a pyramid going. But I will say sometimes sugar is not just in the places you think like chocolate bars sometimes it's it's in, it's in con- everything yeah nowadays. so sometimes yeah. you are consuming more that you, than you know something in a box yeah. that's processed yeah. is probably sugar right yeah no that's there's sugar it. in everything now so um, again skim milk and I suppose easy on the sugar okay so there's nothing really big there but the main thing I really want to ask you and this is a little gross but I really want to talk about pimple popping procedure hmm. I know <laughs> I know that we're not supposed to pop our pimples, but sometimes there are certain pimples that you just have to pop. Let's say there's a pimple. It's clearly at a head. You know, we're not talking about something that's under the skin that can't be popped today, but there's a pimple that's ready to go. Will you walk us through if we're at home, we can't get to a dermatologist. What the A, the best way to pop it is. I can't believe I have to talk about this. B, it's your job. You have to. B. Oh, my God. B, or. The doors are locked. (laughs) Just try to get out. And then, or, if you don't recommend popping pimples, which I know you probably don't, what's a good way to speed up the healing for a hormonal acne or a pimple that, that you've popped and is on the healing path you know how do we speed up that healing so yeah i don't recommend popping pimples at home only because not everyone uses clean stuff to do it and um not everyone pops a pimple that's really come to a head so what ends up happening is the process creates more inflammation the pimple only gets bigger and then you know, it ends up being painful. And then because of that, most likely it's going to end up scarring and leaving a mark and all that stuff. Right. But I I suppose if you have a, you know, if you know what you're doing and you're going to pop it, just you want to clean the area with alcohol, use a sterile needle, just put pressure on both sides of the pimple and squeeze. And then um, afterwards, ideally, if you have any medicine for acne, you want to just put a little, you know, dot of the medicine. Like a salicylic acid? If you have over-the-counter stuff, more like a benzoyl peroxide, okay. just a dot, because that stuff can give you a chemical burn by That's itself. That's what I would be afraid of, and then you would have like more scarring if you burn the area. Exactly. Well, what about, I mean, I use, sometimes I'll put on like witch hazel, which I've read is really good to bring down inflammation and redness after you've popped a pimple. So witch hazel is okay, but okay. again, ideally before you even pop a pimple overnight, it's always best to just put a little bit of acne medicine, like a small dot on the pimple it, to see if it dries it out. It's really true. And I have you seen your patients come in and talk about these pimple bandages that are hydrocolloidal silver? Mm-mm, they're no. really big and we love them a lot here, but they're basically like are supposed to speed up the healing because there's like hydrocolloidal silver in the little sticker. 
So silver is a natural, like, antibacterial agent. So most products that have silver in them um, think that's help in heal. Them. Gotcha. Help heal. So that, that makes sense. I have a broader question. Yeah, I was. We were going to go alphabetically through every skin oh. home, but please jump um, in. I noticed since I moved to LA, because I'm originally from Illinois, that the definition of a dermatology is a little different here, and I don't know if that's just like changing with the times mm-hmm. and stuff. But I'm just curious in your office, and like, do you also perform like Botox and injections and stuff like that, like? Is that the the new norm for der- dermatology in 2018? What do you so do? So dermatology, uh, you know, uh, dermatologists do inject Botox. We do all sorts of cosmetics. What's happened over the years is that non-medical doctors are beginning to do those procedures. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of these cosmetic procedures were... Um, I don't know if I would say discovered, but they were thought up by dermatologists and created by dermatologists. It's our craft. But over the years, um, non-physicians are doing it from, you know, you see medical spas everywhere. You Mm -hmm. see nurse practitioners doing it, physician assistants. And in some cases, people that really don't even have a medical background. I guess, would that be considered cosmetic dermatology or is it all just the same thing? So most dermatologists are trained in medical, surgical, and cosmetic. Now, okay. how much they choose to do in their practice depends on them. Okay, Some dermatologists just do surgical. They don't do any cosmetics. But I think, again, out here in L.A., a lot of dermatologists do a mix of everything. And what do you do? I do a mix of everything. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah we have got to get to some laser questions, filler questions, mm-hmm. injectable questions. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot. <laughs> got a lot of questions. A lot of questions. <laughs> um, let's move on from acne. I think this is a really good question. Ooh. Mineral versus chemical sunscreen. Do you have a preference so, or recommendation? The gold standard in sunscreen is zinc-based sunscreens. So that would be a mineral or a physical? Physical. Mm-hmm. That's physical. Right. So when you turn the sunblock around, it shouldn't list like eight or ten ingredients. It should just say zinc. Now, sometimes it says zinc and titanium, and that's still really good, or just zinc. Now, depending on what product you get and where you get it and how much, um, zinc sunblocks are the ones, the old school ones, that made you look really wide and crazy, you know. Um, But nowadays, they put them in smaller particles and nanoparticles, so you don't get that white pasty look. That said, cheaper products, sometimes from the drugstore, can still give you that white white look. Mm-hmm. But physical blockers are the gold standard. Now, wow. if you don't like them and it's not for you, it doesn't feel good on your skin, whatever the reason, yes, use a mineral blocker, use a chemical blocker, again, as long as you're protecting from the sun. Do you have you heard any of the this like I feel like this negative rumor started in the last like 10 years for me of like oh sunscreen is bad for you because you're just putting chemicals on your face. Do you think there's any downside to using sunscreen? Uh, there are cases where people are allergic to sun sunscreen mm-hmm. um, but I just think the effects of prolonged sun exposure completely outweigh whether the chemicals, 
that are in the um, sunscreen. So you're definitely saying your patients Use sunscreen. sunscreen. Gotcha. Absolutely. Every day. And do you think reapplying throughout the so, day? So yeah, sunscreen isn't good all day. If you've been sweating, you got to reapply every two hours. Three to four if you haven't been sweating. Wow. It's just not good all day. And one of the mistakes I see all the time with patients is they put sunblock first thing in the morning when they wake up, yeah. 7, 8 a.m., when there's no sun. So then that's it for the whole day. So by the time the sun comes out and it's like peak sun hours, it's not, you have nothing on, nothing. And it's a problem. I get it because oftentimes women, you know, you do your makeup in the morning. You don't want to, you know, take it off and redo it. No Um, way. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So then I would say, you know, there's other ways to protect from the sun. Wear a hat, tint your car windows. You know, if you go out for a walk at noon, go at four instead. Again, some lifestyle changes, wear protective clothing, wear a shawl, wear a cardigan, something, you know, cover up your arms and chest. But you definitely have to reapply the sunblock. Mm -hmm. And you have to, when you put on the sunblock, you have to put a thick layer. Um, Oftentimes, I think people um, underuse sunblock. So I tell my patients if a tube of sunblock is lasting six months, you're not doing it right. Really? You got to put a thick layer. Really? What sunscreen are you recommending to your patients or using yourself that's zinc-based? Um, Whole Foods, as a, I mean, do you want me to get into where and... Well, I just, it, I'm just curious which one you recommend or the one you use. Just, so it's just always it, good to learn about a new zinc-based so sunblock. So first I tell them use zinc-based sunblocks. And then it's a little tricky because everyone likes a different texture on their skin. You know, some people Definitely. like creamier, oilier, but um, you can pretty much find zinc-based sunblock everywhere. It's true. You know, from supermarkets to online to places like Sephora. Again, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Um, but I always say, you know, you don't need crazy expensive sunblock because if you're going through that stuff, which you should be, it's going to add up. Right? It definitely is. It definitely can be expensive. Yeah. That's really good information. I feel like I need, I'm, why don't I have my windows tinted in my car? That's a good question. I want that too. Is that legal? Yeah. I think it wasn't legal in Illinois and that's why I've never had it. I don't know the rules. I know you can't have them be too tinted. Okay. In the front, right? I think in the, again, I don't know, but yeah, there are some rules. You're a dermatologist. You're not a (laughs) tinting legality (laughs) expert. (laughs) That's fair enough. We'll look into that. We should interview a tinting legality expert, though. Yeah, That's let's right. get that on the books, just to answer all my other questions that are going to come up after asking Dr. Rival these questions. Oh, my God. So many more questions are opening up. A lot of our listeners wanted to know about milia. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could explain what those are for people who don't know. Okay, so milia, most people... Um, let's see. So milia are tiny little cysts, okay? They look like little white dots on their face. Now, milias get a lot of attention, or I guess, you know, uh, get a lot of attention because people try to pop them, and you can't really pop them. So do not pop milia. They won't come out. And these are, where do they usually come up? Around the eyes. That's right. Around the eyes, cheekbones. But you can't pop them. I feel like I I have a head on my forehead. Is that? You you can get them pretty much anywhere on your face, but most commonly on the nose, around the eyes, even on the eyelids. And, um, again, patients try to pop them. It's really hard to pop them. So in the office, we have to nick them with a blade. Again, all sterile. We nick it with a blade and then um, 
extract it. It's so small, though. Like, I can't imagine even extracting it. Again, yeah, we, we do it all the time, but it's... it's um, Mine really stick it's, out. Like, yeah, I can really see very common. Them them. Again, most patients have it. They're bothered. I mean, for, for the most part, women are bothered by it. Because they feel yeah. like a pimple. You're like, I want to be able to pop yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And do you recommend any ways to prevent them or treat them from home? No. So, again, it's not something you want to treat at home. You either have to go to the doctor's office or get a facial. Some estheticians will extract them. Got you. As far as preventative, sometimes I see it more in um, people that use really thick, heavy creams Hmm. on their face. Again, sometimes I come across patients that, like, Use Vaseline, for example, oh. to moisturize. It's, it's it, you know, people do stuff like that. So <laughs> <laughs> Vaseline so, is a really old school beauty technique. Like even once in a while, I'll hear to this day that people's moms use swear by Vaseline or Aquaphor for their under eye cream. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, I would never try it because I'm so like acneic that I know to stay away from certain yeah. things. Like the thought of rubbing Vaseline on my face is like makes me want to start crying. <laughs> but I still can't believe that once in a while I'll still hear that people like swear by it. Yeah. So again, it's you might get away with it for a little while, but eventually it's going to clog your pores oh. and you'll start to get you know, I won't even use coconut oil near my face. So I think a lot of people, so we, there are a lot of products. We talk about a lot of different products, a lot of different approaches to skincare, whether it's more Korean and using a lot of different steps, or if you want to go in a more simple direction. I think what would be really helpful is you telling us what you recommend to your patients is the bare bones minimum skincare that will be youth boosting and age defying. We like to say youth boosting. Youth mm. boosting. <clears throat> like, what is, like, the simplest morning and night if you are just giving someone, like, okay, here's what you really should be doing at the minimum, mm-hmm. and this will be, like, you're good to go? I'm just interested to hear. So, mm, number one is sunblock. Um, that's the most important thing you can do. Damn. Yeah. So true. Just don't get that sun. The just sun ages you, gives you skin cancers, gives you blotchy brown spots all over your face, breaks yep. down your collagen, makes 100%. you age faster. Just um, don't get sun. So good sun protection. Just get a good sunblock. Get one that you like. Because I found most people don't use a sunblock if they if they think it's gross. If it feels gross on their arms, on their face, you're just not going to use it. So Hmm. you got to find one that you like and use it. Um, I get a lot of questions about cleansers. Again, a cleanser is just to wash your face. It's not going to do a whole lot for you other than washing your face. So just a good cleanser that feels good on your skin. Some people like foamy. Some people like creamy. It doesn't matter. Um, So sunblock, wash your face. It could be soap. And by soap, I mean something like gentle, obviously not something harsh, but um, sunblock in the morning. And then at nighttime, um, again, depending on the age of the patient, what, you know, how motivated they are for anti-aging and, again, whether they have acne or not. But I recommend Retin-A to a lot of my patients to use at nighttime, along with a good moisturizer. So what I've left out are a lot of other things like toners, masks. Um, again, I think exfoliation is good. But again, if you're using Retin-A or Retin-A-like products, then you 
you can even skip that step if you want it. Mm. So I think the bare bones would be wash your face, sunblock, and at night either moisturize with a moisturizer that you like, or if you're using Retin-A, don't skip the Retin-A. Is Retin-A prescription? Retin-A is prescription, but there is over-the-counter strength. Yeah, let, can we talk a little bit about the differences between Retin-A, Retinol, and Retinoids? Yeah, so it's a it's a family. It's a, a three generations of a compound without getting too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have multiple names, you know, prescription wise. But um, there's over the counter, which is less strong, retinol. Um, I tend to give prescription strength retin-A to patients, mm-hmm. um, and. Retin-A is anti-acne, so it prevents pimples. It makes you, um, it makes your skin turnover faster, mm-hmm. so you get newer, fresher skin quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it stimulates collagen, and by that I mean it, uh, it prevents your collagen from being broken down. So that's why a lot of women, especially, you know, in their thirties, start to wanna use it. Well, for me, I've grown up with Retin A. I'm I'm Great. used to using it. Have yeah. used it since I was like you got used to it because it just I makes started you very using dry. it when I was like thirteen. Oh, but for that's someone beautiful. for someone like Esther, so Esther is I've never used it. Esther is a dry skin, dry skin, and she didn't yeah. grow up with acne. She's not used to it, and it can be really scary for someone who's never. So you can start off by just using an over the counter one for a while. Mm-hmm. And then kind of build up a little tolerance because you have dry skin. And then when you do get prescription, just start off with like a lower strength. Is but there any downside to it? Like, does it cause sun sensitivity? It does. It does. And you get very flaky. Is that it. like, do you think there's like long term negative effects of it? Or you think it's all it's good? And I think it's good. I think it's good. You have to if you're going to use it, you have to protect from the sun. You have to wear sunblock. And um, it takes several weeks to get used to it. Your face feels, I mean, you could tell your face is all stingy and sensitive. You're dry and flaky, especially around the mouth. It takes a little while to get used to it. But if you use a really small amount at the beginning, it's a low dosage. Oh, yeah, you have to use a very small amount. I don't think you really, you have to have such sensitive skin to really, I imagine, get like that flaky. From a, just a lot of patients get flaky. A so lot of people do, normal. but you have to use a very small amount, moisturize like crazy afterwards, and you get used to it. And once you're used to it, then what happens? You're good to go. You use it. And, and it, it, it just it improves the texture of your it skin. It evens out your skin tone. It gets rid of um, uh, acne. It, I think it gives you a little glow. Mm-hmm. I think it looks really nice. I can always tell when patients use it. Mm. So it would help with, does it help with like skin texture, like scars from acne, hyperpigmentation, ice pick scars? It doesn't help with scars per se, but with hyperpigmentation it can help. Um, It uh, can help with pores. Does it help with sunspots? So it depends. I mean, sometimes sunspots respond better with lasers, but there's no really, there's no negative to using Retin-A for your sunspots. What? What does help with sunspots? So sunspots, uh, again, we we can uh, do like chemical peels, lasers, um, you know, that kind of more procedure. Gotcha. Procedures work for sunspots. Okay. But back to just to wrap up yeah, the retin-A sorry. discussion. So you think if someone wants to get into a Retin-A, that's something like, yes, you can maybe experiment with products over the counter, but going to your doctor and getting that prescription strength Retin-A. 
Exactly. Um, so it, you want to talk to a physician before you get a prescription for retin-A. Mm -hmm. um, again, there's things you need to know. For example, if you get pregnant, you can't use your retin-A. Really? Um, until you're, you know, until after baby. Again, oh, no. it's always best to, if you are going to go on a prescription strength medicine, you got to go through a dermatologist. Of course, of yeah. course. That we know. Wait, on the tone, on the note of prescription strength medicine, what is your thought? Because my dermatologist once told me that she could have a bleach cream made up for, like, sunspots. Is that? That's right. So if you choose to get a chemical peel or a laser procedure, oftentimes we pre-treat your skin with a um, either a combo bleaching cream, retin-A medicine, or just pure um, bleaching cream to kind of prep you mm -hmm. so that you get a better treatment and there's less, less risk of complications afterwards, too. Yeah. So isn't there a world in which you can just be prescribed like a hydroquinoin, or I don't know how to say it, like a bleaching cream and do that topically? So over-the-counter, you can get up to, I think it's 2% hydroquinone. But again, prescription strength is usually 4%. Oh, okay. So... so do those work? Are those yeah, safe do. and good? They're safe. Again, there's low, you know, uh, with hydroquinone, you can't use it indefinitely. I mean, there again, there's information that you're going to want from your doctor mm -hmm. before you bleach no, your skin. This is really helpful just to get a sense of what's out there. Again, like if you're listening to this, hopefully this gets you thinking, but these are questions you should definitely go ask your doctor. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully we're like educating people, giving them some ideas of what's out there that they might want to look into for themselves. Exactly. We should just be careful to yeah. say that. And let's take a short break. All right, let's do it. And we're back. Okay, perfect. <laughs> this is a really big question. I think probably one of the most important things we're going to cover today. Skin cancer care. How often should we be getting checked by our doctor? What should we be looking for? What, what should be something that alarms us or tips off that we might need to go to the doctor? Maybe just walk us through healthy skin cancer prevention and care and all that stuff. So you want to, <clears throat> usually the recommendation is once a year skin checks. Right. We usually do skin checks more frequently if you have had a skin cancer. Right. Um, but if you haven't had uh, a skin cancer, then once a year skin checks. Now, some patients say, well, you know, I'm careful about the sun and, you know, do I really need it? Again, it depends a lot. Oftentimes, um, whether you go on to have problems depends on earlier years, during your teenage years. So if you were going to the tanning bed a lot, if you were, you know, at the beach all the time, then I would recommend getting regular skin checks because sometimes, you know, again, most patients don't know what to look for. Mm. Um, so I tell patients, you don't want your moles getting bigger. You don't want your moles getting darker. Um, things shouldn't be bleeding for no reason, for example. But then still, some patients um, don't even know um, that they have certain moles. Some patients right. don't know they have a mole between their toes. Right. Or on their back, again. So it's always, I think, you're safer if you just go and get a skin check and get looked over. 
I have to say, I have to amplify what you said. My mom is a skin cancer survivor, and she's very fair, and she was not a sun worshiper by Mm -hmm. any means, but she did have skin cancer, and I do feel like that her catching it early is Mm -hmm. a result of yearly skin checks. So for me, my medical hygiene will always include a one-year Every year, visit to the dermatologist. I have families that come in with their kids, you know, with their seven-year-old, with their 80-year-old. I think the nice thing is I feel like people are more informed nowadays. Everyone kind of knows too much sun isn't good. you Mm got to protect. And again, I'm seeing a lot of younger people come in for skin checks. Do you think once a year is enough for a skin check? And is there stuff that we should be looking for in between our checkups? Yeah, so once once a year is enough. That said, if, you know, let's say you see your dermatologist and two months later you notice a mold changing, Mm -hmm. um, new ones popping up, ones that kind of look different, that stand out, then you shouldn't wait till then, you know, next year to see your dermatologist again. Go in that week. What about on our face? What are the ways skin cancer could be on our face that we would want to look out for? Because that really scares me. Jane Fonda just had some removed from her lip. That's what my mom had. Really? Right, right on top of her lip. Like, yeah. what would that look like? Just a big mole? I don't even remember. So, it depends on which skin cancer, but if you just, I'm trying to simplify this, I guess if you see a new growth on your skin, Fair enough. come in. Anything really getting crusty and bleeding, eh, go in. Yep. Um, uh, there's also precancerous skin changes that can happen. Mm. Um, they look like dry spots. I've and patients about come that. in and they're like, I've moisturized this 50 times. It's still there. It's because it's not dry skin. Really? And those areas need to be treated. Well, and we have it a, looks like a dry patch, but it's actually pretty. It's like a small little pinkish dry area wow. on the face. It can happen on the arms too, chest. Yeah, we have. I've heard a story recently of someone who had a dry red patch on their face that wouldn't go away and their friends around them were like, I've never seen something like that. You really should get that checked out. He was like, no, no, I don't need to. Right. But then he got it checked out and sure enough, it was skin cancer. Whoa. Really scary. Since we are talking about skin checks, I have a I have a question, a more intimate question. Oh, Esther, you do have to wash it. <laughs> no, no, times? not that. Um, <laughs> time times? for a break, everybody. No, <laughs> no absolutely this not. This is not a confirmed break. Um, I have you heard of or seen? Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God! Oh. It's okay. You have to ask. Like it's not that kind of show, you guys. Like dry, it is actually like, that kind of show. <laughs> dry skin, almost like crustiness, and the nipples. Nipple crust. Nipple crust. Are we talking about you, or is this like a question? A friend. A friend. Okay, yeah, a friend. <laughs> a friend um, named Bester. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, you can get what's called a nipple dermatitis, oh. which can happen because, again, the nipple is rubbing against your bra or your sports bra. <laughs> Try not to laugh. And um, it's okay. It's funny. It's nipple crust. Yeah, okay, it's like, like a chafing type of rash, I suppose. <laughs> um, so you can get rashes on the nipples. Um, often new mothers who are breastfeeding come in for rashes. Mm, that's not um, right. If it's as a result of, like, again, exposure, I tell patients, go for cotton bras. Um, some of these, like, synthetic materials can make it worse. Um there you Do you go. think it could just be dry skin? Like it could be dry up? skin. The one thing that I think is, you know, there's one um, condition. It's very rare. I've yet to actually. 
it's not very, very rare, but it's also not very common. And I've yet to see a case. But there is one type of dryness that can happen along the nipple, and it's called Paget's disease, where it's indicative of a uh, underlying breast cancer. Do you think that is usually on, you know, has a very particular look. It's very red, very inflamed. Okay. It's not just going to look like a little bit of dry skin. Okay, gotcha. But if it's something that's persisting, you're putting medicine on it, then I would I would go in. Have I've, it had looked it, at. I've had it looked. My friend has had it looked at, and it was the... <laughs> Your friend Bester is so her, brave. Her doctor said it looked normal, but I just wanted to get a second. A second opinion for yeah, her. Yeah, tell your friend. Um, <laughs> tell your friend that to go hmm, in and her you know, make sure the little resolves. nipples, <laughs> crusty pink little babies are gonna be fine. Does she should her should her friend Bester moisturize moisturize that or just change you, the bra? You, get get your phone. Get your friend on the phone right now. Uh oh, she's, she's calling not, your bluff. She's out of the country. She's very she's very far away. She's in Tibet. She's a princess on the run. So I would use greasy things. Tell your friend this. Okay. I would use greasy things like that. Vaseline, aqua for that Ooh, type of stuff. Nice. It's not really bothering her. Then why are you asking? So why it? are we talking about it? Because it's just like peely skin that crusts off. So then, if you want to treat it, tell your friend who's out of the country <laughs> to pick up a jar of local oily something. Okay. <laughs> I okay. This is a, just kind of a quick question. What about? Have you heard about people face shaving, shaving their face as a means of exfoliation? Oh uh, yeah, no. That's a no for you. <laughs> That's crazy. What do you mean shaving their face? Like it's women really, or it's oh, really big right now women? for women. You get like really you could get like really fine face razors at like Korean beauty stores and it's supposed to be a really good way of ex- I've never done it, but you can ex- it's exfoliation and Excuse me, I just burped. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm pounding Are a diet. You okay? I'm pounding a diet coke. And it takes off like the baby hairs, so the other side of the other positive effect is you get to your makeup will go on smoother. I, I think I think that you should find another way to exfoliate your skin. Okay, so you're not you're not gonna it and then you're not eventually the hair is gonna thick turn thick and you're gonna have another problem on your hand. Well, okay, that's that's fair enough. Well, while we're talking about taking metals to your face, microneedling. Yes. Let's talk about microneedling and at-home microneedling, which is really big right now. And I am dying to get my hands on a microneedling thing for at-home, but I'm scared. I don't know how to incorporate it into my routine. Should I get it professionally done? I think it's great. Tell I, us about I love it. microneedling. What is it? It's So it's a procedure where a instrument, like a pen, I mean, again, are we ta- if we talk about in office, it's like a pen-looking device with yeah. multiple micro needles on it that we roll on your skin, and um, it's it's nice because you don't have that much of a downtime. You look pretty much you just look red afterwards, and you know you're red for several days, and that's it. Um, the following day, you can wear makeup mm. and go out again. Very little downtime, not particularly painful. And it really works. It really works. We do it for anti-aging. We do it for acne scarring. We do it for hyperpigmentation. Mm. Um, so it's one of those procedures, again, that's it's great. And it's replacing a lot of lasers. Um, that said, as far as doing it at home, now I know, you know, just a few weeks ago at the mall, at the department store, someone approached me, oh, you know, 
You're this like, is really nice. Bitch, I'm a medical motherfucking <laughs> professional. That's exactly Get what I said. Get away from me with that bullshit. Um, Miss me with that. But I think it's better to do it at the physician office. Only because, again, mm. we prep your skin the proper way before. Um, we screen you to make sure you're, you know. For example, what if you have, you know, a cold sore on your lip at home and you do microneedling? Or, again, you, what if you have a skin infection and you're doing it at home? Um, again, I, I don't think it's terribly unsafe to do it at home, but we get training I'm to sure, do it and yeah. to do it better, actually. I'm we sure. know what length to use on which part of your face. We know, we know how to do it, um, uh, how to do it differently if you have a lot of acne scarring, mm-hmm. um, post-care. So I, I think... You know, the way to go is to get it at the doctor's office. If you, It's safer, I think. I'm sure. Of course. I mean, anything would be safer at a doctor's office. But I'm a rebel. I'm like a risky <laughs> kind of person. I'm that type that would try it at home. And I do want to say if anyone's listening and they want to try it at home, the one thing I've heard, I can't, I can't really share any personal experiences because I haven't done it yet, but... When you do it at home, you have to clean it. Oh yeah, with make alcohol. sure you don't have like, any rashes on your face, oof, right? Seriously. If you're having, if you're dealing with a rash, um, you know, if you have a cold sore, again, any kind of infection, rashes, you don't want to do it. Don't do it then. Good advice. Wait for things to clear up before you do it. That is really good advice. I have a question about rosacea. Yes. And I'm curious if there's a specific treatment that you see that works best or what you recommend or if there's even dietary changes you recommend for rosacea. So, yeah, first with rosacea um, is, again, lifestyle changes. Hmm. Um, Really? Too much sun exposure kind of makes it worse or brings it out. Really? Um, I tell my patients pretty much everything enjoyable in life makes rosacea worse. So to my son, alcohol, especially white wine can make it worse. No way. Spicy food. No. uh, Yeah, because my mom has really bad rosacea, and whenever she eats something a little spicy, she's totally, it blows up. Yeah. So first is, I would say, just kind of be careful about the triggers. And then as far as treatments, we have a lot of good treatments for rosacea from topicals. Again, there's different types of rosacea. So if you come and you have little bumps and pustules Mm -mm. on your cheeks and your nose and your nose is getting bigger, what's called rhinophyma, you're having a lot of inflammation, then we would give you topicals and oral medications. Mm. But if it's mild rosacea, we, again, we give topicals. Sometimes, um, oftentimes patients with rosacea have a lot of broken capillaries on their nose and cheeks. Mm -mm. And for that, we give anti-redness creams or Mm. we even suggest laser. Um, So again, rosacea, we we have a lot of good treatments. Is there such a thing as anti-redness? Because I feel like redness is such a it's such a problem area for oh, we, absolutely. Really, we have there's um, uh, there's new prescription topicals just for redness. Wow, just for redness. Again, um, there's over the counter stuff too. Some over the counter um, moisturizers are f- for anti redness. The anti redness makeup would be anything with a green tint. Right. So you can get that stuff over the counter. I know that. Um, 
I don't know if I have rosacea per se, but I'm very prone to redness. So it's like, I, I do feel like anytime putting something on my skin, it's only going to give more redness. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious. I need to look into some anti-redness. Again, yeah. And um, some of the topicals we use for rosacea, they're not irritating. Yeah. They're well tolerated. Um, again, it's... They're good. Yeah. They're really good. Have you good. heard of any patients having any luck with, like, a natural cure to rosacea or s changing something in their diet? And Again, yeah. Less alcohol, spicy foods, chocolates. I'm definitely know. curious to look into that because I don't know that much about rosacea, but I didn't realize it affected so many people. Oh, yeah. We got it's a very lot of people in our group asking to ask about rosacea really oh yeah a lot of people and a lot of people don't know they have rosacea yeah can you tell if i have it from here you, uh, you don't look like you have rosacea okay that's a no that's, <laughs> a no. that's gonna be a no can you see my nipple crust <laughs> while we're while you're looking while you're looking in my direction while you take a look at my friend's nipple crust um chicken skin Keratosis oh, pilaris. Mm -hmm. I have it. Yeah, have it. so it's very common under the eye, right? No, no, no. Arms, on arms and back oh, of your legs and stuff. Arms, the legs. Bumpy. Some kids have it on their cheeks and um, around their eyebrows. Very common. How do you prevent it? Treat it? What kind of exfoliation? Does You're dry not brushing? I like the answer. The medicine. There's not a whole lot. Really? <laughs> what about I? I thought chemical exfoliation was really yeah, good. Yeah, so for it. once in a while I'll do a chemical peel on my arms. Um, which makes it look a little bit better and smoother. So there's a lot of glycolic acid. That's what I was gonna say. What if you do use? a glycolic toner every day on your arms? Yeah, so it's it's gonna make it look better, but it's not gonna go away completely. Really? It's just not. No, yeah. this is interesting. I had no idea this yeah. was a. There's over-the-counter moisturizers. There's one called Amlactin. Some patients like it. Mm -hmm. For me, it didn't work. I would say. You know, try not to pick because sometimes I pick. I mean, it's I'll hard not to, to when you have like a yeah. thing that feels like a pimple yeah. back to the milia. Yeah. That's but like on a place when it's not your face too, and you know, know you could pick it with no consequences. I know. I <laughs> too. I That's too. my whole thing. I always get little pimples on my arms. I'm like, well, I could really like pop this, and even if it scars, like no one will really know. Wow. And then it's like free reign. You're getting very naughty. I'm really naughty. <laughs> when I pop pimples on my arms, I turn into an animal. That you're this I'm is like, like me when I, I even, learned about like calorie free noodles. It's like you're like, oh, I'm getting away. No with consequences. Never heard of that. Yeah. Oh, like the tofu it's noodles. Or like something? magic noodles. They're it's they're no not good. even good for you. No, probably. It's not. It's um, no. So yeah, I would say if you want to use a glycolic cream, do it. And then um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Dry brushing. So yeah, it's nothing that you can exfoliate off. Yeah, there mm -hmm. you go. Right, or you know, it's not because it's pimples and you need acne medicine or it's. Can we nick those with a blade? Can you what? Can you nick Shape. those with a blade in the office? Ooh. No, 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 no. No, this yeah, is no. different than milia. It's different, different than everything. Different, yeah. Well, that's this is so helpful. I, I mean, know. I know I I know I keep saying this, but I feel like I'm learning so much. Same yeah. question about stretch marks. Oh, I good have, luck. Those can't go away. I'm. I will probably say <laughs> I've learned to live with and love mine. But I'm just curious: is there anything when patients come in with stretch marks and they? What, what do you tell them if they don't want Learn to love them. Huh. Learn to well, love them. There's procedures that can be done to improve their appearance. Like a But cool there's nothing that can completely reverse it. Once yeah. the skin loses elasticity like that, it's really hard My to My titties are covered <laughs> in stretch marks. It's the only place I have them. And I 
What about even putting on like a retinol suspended in like an oil or some kind of like retinol? Will that make them go away? No. I've heard that. <laughs> really? So I should no stop bitch. putting retinol that on my no boobs? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> really? I have them um, on my hips. And so we microneedle, for example. No. Uh, stretch marks. I can hear laser in your voice. resurfacing. I can hear in your resurfacing. voice. What's the one um, that they do at Dr. Nor- si- I follow that um, Dr. Simon Norion. I don't know if he's one of your colleagues. He does all the lasers on the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. And he has like a pop in Instagram account where he's like posting these. I'm sure they're overpriced, like doing the most expensive lasers. But there's one. I don't think it's. Is there a thing called cool laser that's for your fat? So, again, it sounds like he's probably doing some kind of laser resurfacing, which is going to improve the appearance. It It, it is going to help. I'm looking up. But, again, there's just it's not going to ever be 100%. It's just not. Really? That sucks. What about? <laughs> well, there you it's go. It's okay though. I because I, I do feel like I see a question like this in our Facebook group a lot, and I I just want to say I've had stretch marks since eighth grade. I freaked out about them because I found out about them in a horrible way where my mom like yelled at me. But that rosacea bitch. <laughs> no, I love you, Marla. <laughs> um. That's harsh. That's no, she, not be, first no, of all, she if you're listening, don't yell at your kids if they have stretch no, marks. No, she didn't yell at me, but she was like. Angry. She was like, you have stretch marks in eighth grade? Anyways, so it was just a moment. Anyway, I've learned to love my stretch marks. You better learn to love them. And you know what? The thing about stretch cellulite. marks that makes them easy, it's like literally every woman has them. I, That's I right. Everyone like has them. It's like there's guys have them that. too, guys. They I better have them. I feel like they with do. cellulite, people are also always trying to get rid of that. But everyone has that. Totally. And it's so genetic with cellulite. I mean, there's just only so much you can do. But stretch marks are one where it's like, I cannot stress about stretch marks. Mm-hmm. I don't have the space in my stress mind. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to need to clear out the stress that I have about your nipple crust <laughs> to start caring about my stretch marks. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Okay. And we're back. Yay. <laughs> I think I would love to talk a little bit about the different lasers you have in your office. Mm-hmm. What are the more popular ones right now? The ones that you keep going back to? What do they do? Because I am so stupid when it comes to lasers. <laughs> There's Fraxel, Clear and Brilliant, IDL, Skin Genesis. There's so IPL, many. IPL. Right? See, IPL. I don't even know. I don't even know. So the common ones are the laser that takes care of blood vessels, that um, treats blood vessels. That's very common. Most doctors' uh, dermatology offices have that. So that targets blood vessels. That's like if you have rosacea. Exactly. Or even if you don't have rosacea, a lot of people have broken capillaries on their nose, on their cheeks. So, um, or vascular birthmarks or angiomas, those little red dots that you get on your body. Oh, I get those. They're just made up of blood vessels. Oh, my God. I try to pop them sometimes. Oh, God. It's a little bump, right? I just learned that I'm not supposed to pop that, though. Thank you, guys. I'm telling you, if something comes up on my arm, it's getting popped. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus. I'm sorry. We can cut that. What? No, don't, please. <laughs> don't cut it. I think it's it's good. It's, it's good, good for to people know to hear. That you are, you do have, you're just like us and you have a problem. I really do. But yours is if a little it's on different. My, it's on my, if it's on my arms, I'm telling you it's getting popped. I th- I, um, anyway, so wait, what's so that laser called? So we have lasers for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, one, uh, okay, so yeah, there's laser for blood vessels. Then... There's the IPL laser, which is for brown spots and pigmentation. 
Um, So there's that. Again, there's so many lasers out there, and some lasers are like combo lasers where they do both. So again, I won't get into brand names. Oh, you don't? Yeah, don't. So just, um, so laser for blood vessels, laser for pigmentation. Then there's lasers for resurfacing. So let's say you have a lot of acne scarring, okay? So that would be something ablative, like CO2 lasering, where it would just go after acne scarring or just remove several layers of skin again if you have like wrinkles for example uh you're a smoker you have a ton of wrinkles around your mouth for example yeah so that would be really good um again now there's lasers for skin tightening okay Mm. Uh, or uh, fraxel for example which is kind of like in a way what microneedling does just create a lot of injury within your skin and and trick your body to fixing it and laying down more collagen Mm -hmm. Um, so with all the choices out there again you know you want to kind of you know know what it is that you're trying to improve and just make sure you're getting the right laser um, for for that do you Wow, that is so true. Do you believe you that yes, lasers queen. can get sunspots to go away? I yeah, swear. I've had it done on my own cheeks. But it don't works. people always say, "Oh, you can do it, but they'll come back right away." Yeah, if you get it done and you're getting sun again, it'll just come back. Huh. Or it won't work. So again, a lot of the lasers that we do requires good sun protection. Okay. Mm. A lot of cosmetic procedures. You got to be good with sun before and afterwards. I've got to get microneedling. That has got to be my next thing. I'm so excited to try that, or get a microneedler at my house. And what just, makes you? Wanna- my friend told me that she, our friend Marta, shout out to Marta. She got a Marta. microneedler, and she said that she would like use it every day. And her roommate had to take it away from her because oh she was like God. so compulsive and just sitting. So in she's front like of the red t- every single day. I don't know how she was doing it. Oh, she has like wow. fair skin, and she's like, oh, I would just sit in the front of t- Did the TV. It feel and- good. It must feel, because, like, you know how sometimes things are a little painful, like, mm. kind of feel a little good? We're really naughty today. <laughs> but I, that's what scares me. Like, I don't want to hurt myself at home, but I can see myself. I'm going to be like. I think you will go too far. I'm sure I will. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure about that. Oh, I want to talk about product layering and product ingredients potentially canceling each other out. Because okay. it's like, we might have a really complicated routine or we might have a glycolic toner and a vitamin C serum or are we what if we have a retin-a but we also did a little chemical like AHA BHA exfoliation earlier that day so yeah I see this with patients that like they come in with a bag to show me all the stuff they're using Mm -mm. and you know they've got all sorts of stuff in there so I always ask them I'm like what is it that you're trying to improve right so, for example, if you're trying to, if you're using vitamin C, what are you trying to get from that? I'm or trying to look like Bella Hadid. Exactly. Or again, so I would say she has a nose job. She has plastic surgery. I know. She, she doesn't look like she has a nose job, but Dr. she does. Ava. Oh, Bella Hadid. That's Dr. right. Ava. I thought you were talking about Gigi. No, Gigi's natural, but Bella. Bella, she's had a nose job. Yeah. I need. If I can just find the doctor that did Bella Hadid's nose job, I'll be set for life. I've done so <laughs> yeah, much research, Doctor Ava. If you <laughs> if you find out, can you can you put out some feelers in the medical community? Because I've done a lot of research I'm and I'm coming with sure. You've right tried now. and you can't find it. I can't find because there are famous nose job doctors. Like there's Doctor Raj, who's really famous in LA, and he did the Olsen twins nose jobs, oh, which I heard. I, I didn't know. know they had nose jobs. Me neither until someone told me that. 
But I, and he did like probably like Ashley Simpson. He probably did some of the more famous nose jobs. Ashley Simpson. Wow. Dr. Ava. Oh, Ashley Simpson for sure. Really? Yeah. She got, oh, she Ashley. Was, I thought you meant the other one. Why do I? Okay, you have a have problem with sister? sisters. You have a sister <laughs> yeah, issue. Well, her nose looks pretty that. good. Her nose looks pretty good. I prefer her older, her first. You like nose. the schnoz, the old schnoz? <laughs> yes, I do. I need, I need that Bella Hadid work. And I'm telling you, if if anyone's listening huh? and anyone knows, it you go whole, from like eh to supermodel, supermodel. Yeah. Quite this literally. is different. It's crazy. I, I no. I don't know what to say. It's on my to-do list. It's hard. It's always a hard topic when a friend wants plastic surgery because I want to support them because that's what I would want. I know. But I also want you both to know that I think you're both very pretty. And we know we're beautiful. Yeah. Dr. Ava and I are Persian queens. We know (laughs) we're stunning. I'm so jealous, by the way. (laughs) Nose jobs are... you're both Persian. Like, Dr. Ava, how did you not get... That's part of our culture, the nose jobs. It's part of your culture. It's a status (laughs) marker. There's more nose jobs per capita in Iran than any other country. It's a rite of passage. Persian girls are known for getting nose jobs. This is like a real thing. And if they can't do it, I heard they they put a sticker on their nose to pretend like they do. It's a status thing like getting the nose job they get your bandages on your nose and you like flaunt them and girls will leave them on past when they need them on their nose because it shows that you come from a good family you can afford to have and you can afford to have a nose job that makes so much sense it's a whole thing that's why i'm obsessed again i've seen cases where their nose is pretty good but they still get a nose job really yeah and in the olden days in iran you would go to a certain kind of a doctor for a certain kind of nose it was like a if you wanted this really i feel like they all get the same nose though really i just remember (laughs) reading once that like there were in the olden days there were like different doctors that did different noses all i know is if anyone's listening and they know who did bella hadid's nose job (laughs) please hit me up please i have one potential lead because i have a friend who got a nose job and she's very fancy and i feel like she would know yeah because i'm terrified because that is like because it's Right on. That's what's taking me so long. Your nose to get is enough. pretty good, though. You both have really good noses. I, I like it, but I don't see. It that's the thing you have to do with. It's so subtle, oh, but it would change the whole. I see. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I mean, my aunt had two nose jobs. Like two? we all, we're all doing it. Nose jobs are fine. They're right of passage. I'm surprised. Were you raised here in Iran? Mostly here. Wait, can I ask a Mostly question here. that may be really stupid? Mm-hmm. If you're from Iran. How come you don't say you're Iranian? Oh, don't, you're supposed don't to say there. Iranian. You're and I have uncles to. that if I say Persian food or a Persian rug, they go, there's no Persia. We are Iranian rug. It's Iranian food. Like, really? you're really supposed to, right? You're supposed to say Iranian. It, you, you're supposed to, but most people don't. Why is that? It's uh, just like Persian, you know? I don't know. It's just like I you, that's the more popular. I don't know. Why, why do we, you know, like columns and mirrors and. That stuff too. I don't know. It's just because that's how know. it is. That's who we are. So is it yeah. incorrect to say? It's not. I don't think it's incorrect. I don't think it's incorrect. Both are correct. But there are some sticklers out there that are like nationalists. People who are like are like we yeah. are from Iran. We are not Persian. The Persian Empire is gone. Oh, it comes from like you know the, it was like the Persian Empire. But and are stuff. you offended at Iran? No, look at us. We're saying Persian left no. and right. No. I never say Iranian. Okay, no, but I, does Iranian af- offend you? No, that's no. proper as fuck. Oh, okay. This is great because I've always been confused. I know we're with and our Persian so many- queen, Dr. Ava. She's sharing the tea. I love it. She's spilling that chai. That's right. Because in Skokie, it's hot. taste the chai. It's hot today. <laughs> I will say where I grew up, the it's the people who are from Iran. They say Iranian. Really? Yeah, they don't. Say, I, we don't have. People who call themselves Persians, it's really? Iranians. I think it's also like maybe it's an LA thing. It's like Persian, maybe. LA. 
It's just so, I don't know. I do not know why. Someone's probably listening and it's going to send us an email being like, you're stupid. Here's I'm, exactly why. Somehow I was racist, I'm sure. I'm No, you weren't. I think I'm the racist one somehow here. <laughs> and I'm the Persian one. Okay, so, okay. Oh, are there any products that like shouldn't be mixed? Like, for example, like a retinol should never be mixed with your vitamin C serum. Or your retinol should never be mixed. You shouldn't do that with like a... You kind of said this already. You know, skip your exfoliation. Well, uh, I don't know if it shouldn't be. But again, sometimes if you're just putting too much stuff on, you just might get really irritated. Fair enough. I think it really comes down to it. And then it's like, I don't want to be doing 12 things a day. I, yeah. Again, I mean... I know. It's, it's nice to keep things simple. But if you're one of those that likes to have multi-step kind of again everyone's different but sometimes when you just do too much stuff it's just too much oh you know what before i forget back to spironolactone how long do you do patients take spironolactone can you take it your whole life uh so what i normally do is once patients go on spironolactone and then once they're cleared up um if they're on like a higher dose, I drop them down mm. and then they stay on it for a little while longer. And then eventually I try to get them off. Drip no. it and drop it. Yeah, I, I, I get them off. I've gone off and I feel really good about it. Yeah, I get them off, but I give them a topical. I, I don't let them just be with nothing. You know, I give right. them a little topical and then they use that afterwards. So, Dr. Ava, a lot of our listeners wanted to know about filaments. <laughs> I don't the sebaceous kind. <laughs> Maybe some the. I don't okay, know so what these they are. are. These are oil glands. Okay, they they look like yellowish, pinkish spots on the face, um, and they're an overgrowth of your oil glands. So little sacs underneath the skin, and if they overgrow, they kind of, you know, um, show up as these little yellowish dots on the face. Now, sometimes patients try to squeeze them. Um, or they're, uh, you know, again, confused by your esthetician. They think it's a whitehead or something like that. You can't extract them. You can't squeeze them. You can't extract them. Creams don't make them go away. Hmm. Um, what works is they have to be, um, like in our office, we just cauterize them. We burn them off. So Ooh. I give you a little bit of numbing and we burn them off. But again, it's nothing where a pill makes them go away. It's nothing that a cream takes it away. It has to be physically destroyed. If that makes any sense. Destruction, total mass destruction of the sebaceous. This isn't like a skin tag. This is like (laughs) a. It looks like it's flat. And then sometimes the larger ones can even mimic a skin cancer. So again, get it checked out. Um, Where do they show up on your face mostly? The filament anywhere, (gasps) anywhere. And they must be destroyed. They must be destroyed. No mercy. No mercy. And what does it look like? They're I'm like still um, They're flat, yellowish bumps. Again, depending on your skin tone, they can be skin color. They can be slightly yellow or pinkish. Ooh. And they have a little dimple in the middle. That's the that's the giveaway. They oh. have a little dimple in the middle. And they must be destroyed. Exactly. I mean, I I've asked a lot of my questions. Yeah. Oh, someone asked us cystic acne products if you're pregnant how to treat your cystic or Ooh, even your tough hormonal Doctor, acne during pregnancy you pretty much can't use most products what do you fucked. do um you does can pregnancy... use things like azelaic acid does it oh, does pregnancy azelaic. make your skin better or worse or some, some um either if you ask a lot of pregnant women oftentimes they'll say worse but not necessarily mm-hmm. not necessarily but it's a it's a bad time because you really can't use most most products 
What about at some- least prescription? You can't really use it. Um, really, you can't get your lips injected. I probably wouldn't do that during pregnancy. Oh, but we think Kylie did, right? She, I don't know. I, I mean, you probably can't. If you can't get them injected, what do they have? Like a natural filler or something? No. Well, the fillers do last a long time, so oh, maybe she oh, had them yeah. injected before she got pregnant. Probably and still in there. They kind of like last a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is kind of insane. But do you <laughs> know anyone? Do you in your office at least, or know other people that do non-surgical nose jobs, back to nose jobs? What? So oh, you mean with, with fillers? fillers? Yes. I'm scared. That seems to me so shady. It's too good to be true. Oh, I've so seen I don't it know done. If I would go far as really? saying it's a nose job, but you can tr- you can correct little imperfections. With I've a gone little in bit of filler. And I wouldn't call it a nose it. job. And you, but that needle has to go really deep. I've heard it's really painful. It's not like D- just a easy. They take fillers, right? And they inject it into your nose. Yeah, but why is just, that deeper than regular fillers? I've heard they're painful on real self. So no, it depends on again what painful. you're correcting. What the depth it depends on what you're correcting and and but it doesn't last. So it's a filler. It can, it can last a while. Not for a lifetime, though. Not for a lifetime. Got you. Oh my gosh. I, I, wow. I do mean, you, this has been a lot. I know. Do you administer fillers in your I office? I do. And so, what, is there a certain age where you say it's like a good time to start or you're too young? Like, what's your, do you have like an overall thought on it or just kind of as the patient? Well, I mean, I, I don't have an age where I tell a patient, okay, you're, you know, you're 25 years old, it's time to do fillers. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, um, really depends if if the patient's interested and then we talk about it are you seeing a lot of younger women start it nowadays? i do i yeah. do but sometimes once you talk to someone what's bothering them doesn't really need to be corrected with a filler they might mm. need botox mm-hmm. or they might need something else and sometimes yeah they do need fillers so if you want a bigger bigger lips then yeah you do need fillers but again sometimes after we talk we kind of, you know, patient realizes, oh, you know, this is what I need and not, not this. Well, Botox would be for wrinkles. Botox so. is Fine for lines. wrinkles that move, yeah. And dynamic wrinkles are for juicing you up and making you plump and sexy. For adding volume, exactly. Mm, very interesting. But fillers, are. what are the downsides? Because I, I feel like, you know, I would love to hear what you tell your patients are the risks in doing fillers or Botox. So fillers, first of all, it's it's a more painful procedure. Really? But, I mean, we numb beforehand, and some of the fillers come with numbing in them. But again, depending which area we're treating, it could be a little bit painful. Really? Afterwards, you can have bruising, swelling. Um, again, there's a bit of a downtime. So unlike Botox... You gotta give yourself, you know. I say at the very least a week, to to recover. Really, that sounds like that sounds painful. And over prolonged usage, if you're getting fillers, it has to be like it's, twice a year, right? Well, again, um, it can be twice a year. It depends, but over long periods of time, the fillers tend to last longer. Hmm. So you're gonna probably need it less and less. Mm, Kylie. It's oh, Kylie. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's so scary to me. So, but there's no that you know, long-term possible negative side effects of using. I mean, filler. there can be again, there can be um, things that go wrong with injections. It's, again, if you're especially if you're someone with very little experience is injecting it, or again. Um, 
I've seen some things where, you know, patients just go based on, they go to one of the spas or, you know, somewhere where they have like a crazy deal. And again, I don't want to say Groupon, but again, if you are going to a novice injector, things, there's absolutely bad complications that can happen from injecting. Just taking a look at my face, where would you hit me with that? <laughs> Your nose, for sure. You, you would do. I you would, would hit, give you a Persian. Can you do the? <laughs> can you do the non the quote non surgical nose job no, in your not, office? No, I don't even know where you get that. What are you shit. trying? You're trying to it's lift the tip regular. of your nose. That's what Why I want to do. do that? Why it's so low? Well, we don't yeah. have to get into a <laughs> nose measuring discussion, honestly. But if you were to hit me with the fillers, I mean, would you hit my cheeks? Do you think that would make me look? Bella S. Um, your mom. Is this your I'm mom's question? I'm just curious. I'll, I'll pass on this question. Okay, fair enough. I won't force you. Caroline's mom <laughs> wants her to get plastic surgery, really? so I'm just trying to assess my options. <laughs> so someone asked us. We, I mean, we can wrap up. I'm almost out of questions. But someone asked us for your opinion on how the IUD, um, like a Mirena, I guess, affects skin and acne. I guess that's really like a gynecologist would put that in and they would I would <clears throat> again I've seen cases where acne gets better mm-hmm. and then cases where it doesn't really make a lot of difference <sighs> yeah I feel but like I don't think I would really want to again that's a little bit out of my turf with IUD and, fair enough yeah. I feel like this has been a really helpful discussion. Yeah, I feel like we got good answers from a real doctor. That's yeah, really the dream. We learned about a lot of new procedures, uh, you know, medical conditions we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. The moral today is really it's not one size fits all. That's right. You have to pinpoint your problem, talk to a professional. Get your skin checked. Get your skin checked once a year. Wear your sunscreen. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Wear your sunscreen. Don't go to tanning beds. Um, That that's that's the biggest thing I think. Keep an eye on your skin. Know what you have. Know how many moles you have. Know where you have them. Know if they're bigger. They're darker. Looking funny. Acting funny. Get it checked out. And if you want to get a laser, know what you want to get treated exactly. by the laser. Don't exactly. just say, That's, that was me before. I'm like, mm. I just want a laser. Just give me a laser. Yeah. But no, no, no. What do you want the laser so to, to treat? Yeah. Now that's an educated woman right there. Yeah, because we've got to learn how to communicate with our medical professionals too. Because if you walk in and you're like microneedling or a laser, they can't, they're like, well, what do you want it for? And I'd keep our potty mouths to a minimum in the presence of a doctor. I don't doctor. think I learned that today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I didn't learn. Dr. Ava, thank you You're so welcome. much for thank coming you for today. So thank you so much. So helpful. Yes. And where is your practice? In Burbank. Okay. Yes. And people can look you up, just Dr. Ava, and we'll spell out your last name for everybody. Sounds great. So they thank can come you. see you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. so much, Dr. Ava.